The information that we're going to be covering in this three-part series titled John Warner IV, Little Anton, and Disclosure contains subject matter that will likely challenge many of you, just as it's challenged myself and my colleagues Jean-Luc and John Majorowski. And so before we begin this presentation, I think it is extremely important to highlight the primary reason for our decision to cover this. The reason being that the source of this information is a man whose position within two extremely influential and affluent American families has afforded him the ability to obtain information and establish networks with individuals that the vast majority of us would be unable to gain access to. John Warner IV is a member of both the Warner and Mellon family dynasty. His father is former Senator John Warner III, and he is also the third cousin to the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and current major proponent for transparency on the UFO UAP issue, Christopher Mellon. It is important to note that John Warner IV is on good terms with his family. He considers Christopher Mellon to be a friend as well as a relative. He has not been ostracized by his family for writing his book, Little Anton. That being said, our coverage of this issue does not necessarily mean that John's views represent the views of myself or my colleagues, but we feel that due to the nature of the source, it is worth covering the claims that John has put forward extensively. I would also like to let you all know that after this three-part series is concluded, I will be having John Warner IV onto Project Unity for an interview, and this will hopefully provide even further clarity as to why John Warner has the opinions that he has. This next part of the presentation does contain subject matter that is controversial. All I ask is that you keep an open mind, and with that being said, I hope you enjoy the second part of this three-part series regarding John Warner IV, his book Little Anton, and disclosure of the UFO reality as he sees it. Dropbox document, I Yeah, no problem. Just just so the people uh, listening are aware, we, we have actually reconvened on another day now, so we've uh, travelled through time. Poof! Found that wormhole. Mm-hmm. And we're just picking up where we left off. Yeah. Right. So the attachment is a swallow. And I do apologize for my eyebrows being extremely <laughs> animated at times. I do not understand why it's happening. It's, it's a glitch in the Matrix. It's only happening to me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like it. Right. Are you ready? We're yes. ready, man. Let's do this. Basically... What, where I want to take it. In fact, hang on, I'm going to read another bit. In fact, is, I want to read it all because it's all mental. Like, <laughs> Earth is 12 billion years old, not 4.3. Permits signed, zones laid out, palms greased. It was created by various star races as a very special water and garden planet to spruce up our drab galactic neighborhood. Every form of life was brought here by farmer races and were nurtured carefully. Don't step on a bug or chop down a tree. They have souls too. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Mainstream science, maths, and physics are heavily redacted. The really good stuff has been purposely kept secret. For example, unified field theory, torsion physics, dimensional physics, anti gravity, high end scalar tech, uh, etc. Schools and universities teach mostly nonsense to keep people ignorant and have been doing so since the Renaissance. Thanks, Vatican, Smithsonian, and Royal Society and Harvard. What dipshits brainwashing 101 my advice is toss that diploma or phd in the trash oh you can handle it so yeah i think we've read a lot of this haven't we yeah but i mean there's loads of it and i don't know how far we want to go into it 
But for example, like these are all stuff that people, certain types of people are going to be interested in certain parts of it. So when he starts talking about like the DNA strands, he goes into the full detail of that about what we are and where, how we were made. Uh, when he talks about um, Nikola Tesla, so if, you, if you're into the physics stuff, he starts talking about the actual tech. Um, it's crazy, but the, the the weirdest side for me, well, not the weirdest. It's all just it's all just mind blowing, really. Um, is the fact that uh, he pretty much openly admits to being well, the family name being connected to the Illuminati, like the actual Illuminati of, in terms of <laughs> the one that you read about in books and, and seeing crazy films and people have always just gone, you know, like, oh, it's uh, Illuminati confirmed and they joke about it, but he's actually talking about the Illuminati. So, But they don't call themselves that. Well, not really, I suppose. The, the 13 families and then that's the Illuminati, I suppose, or that's yeah. the the main families. And then he talks about, there's a fact, there's a thing called the committee of 300 mm-hmm. and the committee of 300 is powerful families. Do you want me to read you a little bit about that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's some heavy stuff. That's, and then he talks about the Bilderbergers. He talks about the trilateral commission. He talks about all these other things that people have always talked about, you know, Bohemian Grove. They've talked about skull and bones. They've talked about all these other things that kind of trickle in and how mm. those families are interlaced with all the stuff. And then that goes back to even, farther times right like we're talking the, the nephilim the, the, we're talking like, we're talking yeah. like basically like to sum it up whatever we were prior to the arrival of the, the nephilim like uh, we were this experimental race of beings um with a certain amount of root races which we've already talked about this is what he's written mm-hmm. um and we're kind of like a beautiful experiment i suppose and, uh, and when the Nephilim or the Anunnaki essentially is what he calls them um, so it's the, the Sitchin stuff, like the proper Alexander Sitchin stuff uh, which um, if people haven't heard of that he was the person who started this kind of story in, in terms of pushing it forward into because he, trans- he tried to translate some of the some of the tablets right, the, the Sumerian tablets the tablets, cuneiform yeah. Yeah, yeah. so what he was looking at and has fueled countless conspiracy theorists for decades now. Um, is the fact that the Anunnaki arrived from wherever in the galaxy and turned human beings into slaves, essentially, to do their bidding and so they could live the lives of kings. Um, so they were gods, but over time they then, well, gods to the people of Earth, but over time they started to. Uh, you know, um, interbreed with the humans or breed with the humans and create a darker, diluted bloodline. Um, and over time, that bloodline apparently has filtered all the way through history to now to a certain group of families who call the shots. Right. So that and then some of those, group, some of those early ones, sorry to stop you, but some of the early ones yeah. early on are the, the men and women, women of renown that we all fables about. So you hear, Goliath and the giants and, um, you know, any of the Greek gods you can possibly, you know, name and, you know, mm-hmm. they would potentially live forever in the eyes of a, a, a normal mortal human that could live to be a hundred years old. These beings were thousands of years old, 800 years old. They were bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they were basically gods, but you know, they bred with 
humans. And then, you know, like you said, I think even in the, in the text that you were reading from there, it said deluded their bloodline, you know, they basically, yeah. and, and then the squabbling with each other, they fought with each other too, just like families do. They're just, you know, fighting with the infighting with each other. And, mm. you know, um, it's this wild. Is, you know, this is such a, a, a crazy thing to be jumping into. And I can understand, uh, you know, for a, a lot of people listening, like shit, man, including myself, that this is hard to wrap your head around in terms of like, could this be real? But I'll tell you one thing that I would remind people is that, you know, our history is quite superficial, really, because, you know, we have now really got quite solid evidence that there have been major cataclysms um you know that have reset the planet essentially reset the planet and that there is there is evidence of you know extremely old civilizations that predated our previous understandings of you know when civilizations sprung up in terms of advanced civilizations and so i think that you know it's it's difficult to get your head around but at the same time our history isn't necessarily accurate anyway and there is a lot of mystery in this world and uh, so i think it's good to keep an open mind and again i would remind people that with reading excerpts from a book written by someone who is in you know two very prominent families in america uh, with one of these you know families being integral in presidencies and intelligence agencies and so I think that it's worth keeping that in mind when we go into this, because this is extremely crazy territory and we do understand <laughs> oh, yes. that. But at the same yeah. time, the main reason, in fact, the primary reason why we are doing this is because of the source of this information right now. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And to be honest, you, when you think back to the, you know, again, I keep talking about TTSA but, and the link obviously is Christopher Mellon, but you think back to the days of when it all started, um, and there's a video clip that I'd like to be spliced in here, but basically it's Tom DeLong talking about his experience in when he was when he believed he was being told this truth, these truths, which would be groundbreaking, shocking, scary. You know, they kept him awake for nights on end, and so on and so forth. Tom, I think you're right on the money. One of my best contribution so far in this fight on the uh, battlefield earth uh, so far has been to put out a series of books about uh, deep underground military bases and repelling an alien invasion of the greys and I, I make a nod in my books to the gnostic myths of the archons are these others you're talking about the archons or uh, i've also heard you reference it could be the anunnaki i just wanted you to maybe speak to that a little bit and have you heard anything about benevolent aliens as well? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You, you, thank you so much because what you just said is is you're you're hitting it right on the money. There are massive programs underground and in other places to create a global defense system. Uh, largely, a lot of it was done in the 80s. The SDI, the Reagan Star Wars Defense Initiative, was part of it, um, and we were doing that in collaboration with uh, the Soviet Union. A lot of people thought we were at each other's throats, which we kind of were, but we were also working with them in certain parts of their government on the whole SDI system. And I think that was a lot, a lot of that is, is what led to Reagan and Gorbachev getting along and, and, and forming some type of a friendship there. But um, the other thing that you said, bringing up the Anunnaki and all that stuff, the way it was explained to me is, yes, there are good gods and bad gods and their interactions with humanity has been um, well documented all the way back through Greek myth and then even further back into the, the, the Sumerian legends that are out there. I actually have communications that are detailing very specific leaders within um, Sumer and within 
ancient Greece. Very specific people that I am being told to communicate that were that were given types of information from these gods. You know, it's it's insane. I, I don't to think about that. I I don't have all the details. I have very specific things I'm supposed to do and say. And there's certain questions I have to ask to get more information because it's going to be a very short discussion for me just to say what I've been told and not have anything else to go on. Um, there, I think the point to really take from all of this is that those stories are true from the perspective of the people that wrote them, you know, so they they differ in different, in different areas of the world a little bit, you know, they call the gods different names or, or they're, or they, um, you know, they, they side with different gods. Um, but the idea that there, right now there's three monotheistic faiths and the, the rivalry between them is by design period. Uh, a communication that I had, um, a few weeks ago was it was is that human beings have a tendency to organize around religious belief systems as long as there is a priestly class quote unquote meaning that human beings will align behind different religions as long as there is a leader of that religion that they can that can, they can kind of call their hero and um, and our government has known that and they're actively trying to come up with a campaign to get people to understand that and not fall into that deception. He talks about that and then about the idea that, that nowadays a lot of the people keeping these secrets are heroes. Um, now, when you start reading this stuff, you think, is this what he was given? Uh, I know I've said that before, but just think, you think, is this what he was given, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he never, when every time he was asked, was he ever shown a crap? No. When he was he ever shown? I mean, I think he's been shown some meta materials now, by all accounts. But he was told things by important people. Now, these important people are probably the ones who work for the organisations that this chap, John Warner, our source, our, our acquaintance, um, he set the agencies up that these people work for. <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, that's an important point. That his is an dad, important point. His dad. His own father, John Warner III, um, had, and we we will put this up too. Had a nuclear submarine named after him, and there's a video with John Warner IV talking about how he asked the captain about this thing being powered by some kind of uh, exotic power source. And well, yes, I'm going to watch it. It's all there. And what's happened is, and again, I'm not saying I think this is true. I think that you know a lot of it does seem to chime incredibly hard with me because it fits so much with the things I've, I've looked into in terms of the World War II stuff, the Nazis, the Brill, uh, the history of the Melons, Carl Jung, all that stuff. But then there's the other part of me which loves the X-Files, man, and it loves conspiracies. And, you know, I, you know I'll be honest with you, I've read um, Sitchin. I like his stuff. I've looked at the documentaries about South American pyramids, and then I've looked at the Egyptian stuff, and you know we're not an expert in Gobekli Tepe, all of these places. You know what? I don't know. It just seems the, the stuff that's in this stuff. I can't say it's real or not, but it's it chimes with me. I'm going to be honest with you, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, we're going to jump in now. I'm, I'm guessing to this bit with the whole 
committee of 300 and this well, bloodline stuff right well, this this is from this part is from the introduction to his book little anton right so this is a book obviously that no one seems to have read which is sad because it's actually pretty good <laughs> especially this stuff but anyway i'll read this little bit in the book he's, he's added a character who is actually a fictional melon character so he's explaining why so the decision to add a fictional melon character was not made willy-nilly i added him only after i realized that my own family played a small part in america's industrial and financial involvement in the germany economy of the 1930s not to mention the creation of the cia in the post-war era of the 50s my billionaire grandfather, Paul Mellon, helped to fund the CIA and the NSA in the early days alongside his close friend, close friend Alan Dullers, and they conducted much skullduggery and cloak and dagger folly back in the day with, hang on, let me switch pages, uh, with Nelson Rockefeller and his gang of ultra-conservative political favourites. Today, that legacy has grown into what's termed as the national security state in America, which is a phenomenon that I view with great disdain and even more concern, see Project Paperclip. Whoops, that's more politics, I guess. Sorry. Anyway, what the hell? I just couldn't resist. Since both sides of my family, Warner and Mellon, are rife with genuine characters for inspiration, there was little need for embellishment. For this novel, I've tried to keep history as pure as possible. But there are some events, dates and details that were altered for the sake of the story. However, regarding theoretical non-linear physics, and the past work of renowned physicist Walter Gerlach. I ardently believe his and Nikola Tesla's work was genuine and successful for the Germans and is regarded today as a highly classified series of programs by America's covert military and corporate contractors. Perhaps this is for the best because its potential for destruction in the hands of terrorist groups could be fatal for all. The reader will have to consume this book in its entirety to understand why. Sorry. Well, sort of. Maybe not so much this time. Anyway, so there you go. I'll leave it at that. But again, it's just pretty much admitted in his introduction. Yeah, I mean, it's just basically I've figured this all out because of my family and, and the ties yeah. it had and the ties yeah, of creating was. all of the massive surveillance or uh, clandestine agencies on the planet. Well, the bit as well where he says about um, uh, Walter Gerlach and the... the non-linear physics yeah and tesla being successful that's insane but anyway so i'm just going to switch this bit quickly so what he says is um and this is a little thing disclaimer in regards to the illuminati freemason and committee of 300 mentions in this book i want to make it damn clear to the reader that i'm in no way or form a black-hearted secret society member Freemason, thumb-nosing elitist, Nazi lover, or devil-worshipping Illuminati idiot. I firmly believe in freedom, justice, equality, matriarchy, and truth for all. So you could call me a white Illuminati jackass, I guess. And anyway, <laughs> those negative-minded folks have no sense of humour. Not a good one, anyway. Um, over the last 25 years, I've learned much regarding what I and millions of others consider the ugly truth of the world that used to lie only in the shadows well-hidden media archives, underground bunkers, cryptic cathedral crypts, or dusty old occult books written in unsavory Sanskrit, Sumerian, or Latin. Before that time, I was as pig-ignorant as most everyone else, but I have since fully awakened Carl Jung fans. 
history, a grand lie buried in military fabrication, spiritual false testimony and foul political and cultural disinformation needs to be completely rewritten. That said, I'll take a crack at it. And the only formal <laughs> organisations I have ever belonged to were my racing ones because they required for my licence. How's that, man? How's that? Well, this is, this is a, it, Chris, Christopher Mellon is his cousin. Is that right? Yeah, his third cousin, but... Third cousin, I, right. Mm-hmm. Third cousin. Yeah. So, like, you know, Chris... <laughs> Like the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence's third cousin, who, by the way, as everyone knows, Christopher Mellon is, you know, <clears throat> one of the people on the warpath to get stuff disclosed and is pushing for transparency in his own way through official channels and talking the correct talk and being very sensible with all of this. But at the same time, you've got his third cousin writing this. Like, yeah. literally let that sink into people for a minute because, I mean, that that's something to really kind of sit back and, and wonder about because... You know, these guys, by the sounds of it, they're friendly with each other, right, Jean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Said, he said as much, they're friends, like, yeah. they're really close, yeah. It's it's not like Christopher's like, you know, no, I don't want to speak to this guy, he's like some crazy dude in the family, like, they're talking and, you know, communicating, like, it's, it's I, I'm struggling to wrap my head around this, so I'm, I'm just trying, right. to, trying this to... This is from one of his emails to me. Um, so when I had found this post on Twitter that we, I talked about and then I managed to get in touch with him, um, I had obviously emailed and said hello and told him a little bit about myself and the rest, the rest of it. Um, and what he said on this was, um, he goes, right, okay, uh, here it is. This convoluted World War II history, including the history of anti-gravity, must be told by as many people as possible. I feel we are close to some real disclosure, but full disclosure will only come from ordinary people like us, not from governments or any military. Why? The sheer amount of dirty laundry and crippling lies. My guess is that 95% of the world will not come to terms with the ETQ truth, but the 5% will lead the way. Um, and then he said, my books have disclosure in them, especially my sequel, which is in production now. Um, my family story is based on my opinions alone plus the circumstantial evidence I have for it. My dad and I have placed many Freedom of Information Access requests to the CIA for my granddad's 10,000-page papers. Wow. But they have refused twice. To me, that says it all. See Majestic 12 documents, of which he's put a couple on here. As for Chris Mellon, he quit the TTSA program recently, and I don't blame him. The project was hampered by the DOD and CIA greatly, and he's sick of the duplicity. It was a nothing burger. He's as frustrated with the official system as I am. Best, JWW. And wow. There you go. Wow. So, but there's, you know, he talks about, he's not, never, ever disrespectful to any of these people um, that are doing this. Um, they're, on, they're on the same, same wavelength. Like, I, think or, he's, I think he's just straight up said it. He's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, they, yeah. they do what they're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing. And He's sick of it, man. Like, I think what he's sick of is... Uh, Honestly, I mean, I can't speak for him, but what I take from it is that he is wants to almost kind of like make right because because of the fact that like really the idea that this structure that his family are a part of has held the world in some form of some form of well what slavery false some reality false reality 
Fair. And so you think he feels kind of like disgruntled and maybe even a little bit um, I think that, guilt, get guilty about the fact that he knows this and I other people that, don't? I think so, yeah. I think so too. I think so. not. Well, well, he shouldn't feel guilty for it because I think that's exactly what he's doing. It's exactly what his third cousin, Chris Mellon, was doing. You know, like the reality of it is, I mean, he said to me, he does not mind me reading this stuff out, okay? Okay, so one day, honestly, I hope he comes on film with us so we, so we can get him on file. Yeah, the inv- invitation's there, here, John. I'm sure you're listening. Yeah, man. Here is, here is the email where it goes into this bit, okay? And there's loads of it. I've got loads of it. But anyway, right. So when did the school duggery start? Um, actually, no, that's probably a bit personal. I'm not going to read that bit. Right, here you go. Why have I met Queen Elizabeth II three times, while other heads of state have never met her? My dad and Paul both have KBEs. That's Knights of the British Empire. Do the do the math. So they're they're actually knighted by the Queen. Wow, that's what he said. And that's not something so, she just hands out, right? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Not I mean, just being, all. I'm being the American guy here. Sorry, I mean, no, it is. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the royal family, but that's one of the highest kind of honors you could get in in British society for sure right. to get a, to get a knighthood. Right. Well, he says here. Um, Right, so when did the school duggery start? Below is Andrew Mellon. He's put a picture up on there. Secretary of the Treasury, ambassador to England in 31. Excuse me. My family has always been chummy with the British royal family. Queen Elizabeth II would stay with Paul in Virginia. They loved horse racing. Did they date in secret? Maybe. Jesus. (laughs) My grandmother, Mary, died in 1947. Paul's later wife, Bunny, was gay. Why have I met Queen Elizabeth II three times while other heads of state have never met her? My dad and Paul both had KBEs do the math. Andrew Mellon had a hand in making the Great Depression happen for his big banking buddies. His policies were flawed on purpose, in my opinion. He manipulated presidents, Harding and Hoover, who were weak puppets. The Brit royal family are at the top of the Illuminati pyramid. The Peser family be damned. Uh, They're one of them. (laughs) The Committee of 300 families take their marching orders from the Queen. Be so advised. If you understand how the Draco reptilians work as a society, you'll know they have two queens that rule. Follow the females of our world like Merkel. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, Sorry. like again, I know guys, to everyone listening, we're getting into some crazy territory here, but I just want to remind you, this is a very interesting person that's written this information. It's not just some random guy. Just because just because a person is from an old money um Sorry, just because a person is from an old money committee of 300 family does not mean that they are a pedo-satanist freak of nature. Quite the opposite. Most of these rich folks are general hippies or asleep at the switch on their yachts. I know four other family members who are waking up to the ugly truth of our world. They're almost as furious as I am. It's the 5% of the fascist-minded males that are tapped at secret societies at universities that go into the deep state, like Skull and Bones. Paul Mellon was scrolling key. Both of these Yale, Yale so-called fraternities are linked to the Fool Society in Germany. Share anything from me or my book with anyone. I only want to tell my version of the truth. <laughs> I'm not going to read it in the next yeah. bit. Well, that's, you know, this is it. He's saying his version of the truth. Now, you know, you know, affluent guy, he's already got money, he's already got fame, you know, he's already got accolades and he can go and do things. It, it's not like he's trying to get he's a got- paycheck out of this. He, uh, Amy, what's the agenda, right? What's Why? the agenda? What's the agenda? Right. If and also, it's not like other than disinformation. He wrote, he wrote all this years, like a couple of years ago. Yeah, 
Like, yeah. so me just suddenly f- discovering it and then getting in touch with him, it's not like, I don't know. It's not like someone's come forward to try and find me and ply me with this, this information. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got in yeah. touch with him. Yeah, no, gone, oh, hello. Someone's actually read my book. Oh, wow, look. Well, yeah, no, actually. And, and now you they've know, found John, all these videos. And like, this, is a, this is a really good point. Is, and, you know, just to highlight this, he's not someone in the UFO community. He's not interacting with the UFO community. He doesn't, he doesn't really want to either like that. Yeah and, yeah, and so, you know, this isn't someone who's jumping into the community and going, hey, hey, look at me. I've got this stuff. I'm, re- I'm writing this book. He, he, he got discovered by... By Jean in a really nuanced fashion on a very kind of like you know low-key website that wasn't to do with UFOs so you know it's not like he's pushing this out into the community and saying digest this this is the truth he's just written a book and we and like Jean happened to find him like it's a it's a synchronicity it's a coincidence whatever you want to call it but it's not it, to me, his the way he's presenting it, it that's one thing that's not a red flag to me because like you said, what's the reason for this? What's, what's, what's the intention? You know, no, he doesn't need money. He doesn't need no, fame. He doesn't no, give no. a shit about any of that. He doesn't need any of that. But, no. but what, you know, what he's like, saying here with this, sorry, John, yeah, you wanna, no, no, it's fine, uh, I was just, it. all I was saying is what, what he's saying here sounds like, you know, this committee of 300 is uh, transnational, um, all sorts of different families, but they take their orders from the Windsors, the Royal family, the British Royal family. Yeah, and when you read the book, because he says, obviously, you know, in the document he sent me, like, because um, he's been taking these notes for years, apparently, and, and compiling them. Um, and in one of those sets of notes, well, in the next I'll be reading to you, he sort of said, I've written a book on this. You can have a read that. And the book essentially is, I guess it's kind of his passion. So he's a, he, he loves the history of it. He loves the history, you know, he's interested in the history of his own family. He loves the history of the hidden Nazi tech and all this and the race car driving. So it's all in one. So it's all the things he's, that makes him. It's a really beautiful book. But like him um, and also mesmerizing in terms of what's in it. But he also says, there's that way of finding out the truth. Read a massive three volume book and an awesome spy story and also disclosure, essentially, in, in his mind. Or... Here's his notes, and some of that's what I was reading earlier, which is like the bullet pointed stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where he's just being a bit more sort of normal and like chatty and funny. Because let's face it, right? How can you approach this? And this is the thing I think that pretension and all of that stuff now, really, if this is the, the sort of thing we're looking at and the sort of thing that TTSA really have been building up, telling us that's got to go out the window, man. There ain't any room for it. Like people need to look at this with a lightness of heart and try and deal with it if it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's I no other way to that. do it, man. There's some heavy shit in there. Yeah, some heavy, yeah. heavy shit in there. Like you talk about, I mean, in some of this stuff, and I mean, like you were, you said earlier, Jay. Don't get me wrong, this is weird shit for us. I mean, it's, it's gonna be weird for shit for a lot of people. Yeah, but like absolutely. when you start looking at the Draco, the Draco reptilian aliens and two female queens and. Like that shit will just turn everybody takes their tinfoil hat out and puts it on at that point. You know, I mean, I mean, some of that shit, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Here's, here's a quick one, right? Just sorry to put in, but this is the no, thing. No, go ahead. Go it's ahead. just gold, man. Yeah. So there's a picture here of a um, Congressman John Kennedy briefed on the Roswell crash. He was ONI in World War II under Forrestal, 1945 to 47. Forrestal trusted him. You know, Forrestal, don't you? Yeah. James Forrestal yeah. was the. James Forrestal. The, former can't remember his title yeah, now he's the guy who basically ended up 
dying in the hospital. We're listening to this, you know, like Forrestal. And fell out of a window. and Exactly. Fell and out people, of a window. A lot of people think he might have been pushed or mm-hmm. driven to some, some form of insanity. There's a documentary, well, documentary drama on, on Netflix, which serializes it or dramatizes it called Wormwood. So oh, check that nice. out. Oh, nice. Or it goes out. into, that's the vibe of it anyway. Okay. Right. Forrestal in Fedora Hat, JFK at the far right, 1945 Berlin. So there's a photo of this here. No, it's highly possible Forrestal was murdered in 49 because he wanted public disclosure of the UFO IPU file. He was witness to a UFO crash in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and he saw the debris. 1942, US Army GT unit, unit was in charge. Human body parts were found, insectoid ETs. He had a mental breakdown at Bethesda Naval Hospital. Congressman Lyndon Johnson was involved. How's that? Well, do you remember what Tom DeLonge said at one point? It was either in a Joe Rogan or something where it was like, uh, yeah, we call them bugs. Mm-hmm. We call them bugs. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. like a fade to black or something. Yeah, yeah something the like bad that. Guys right. and, yeah. yeah, the well, bad guys I, are bugs. And I've heard and I've heard about that previously before, that in some of the crashes or some people taking a board craft, they've seen vats of like human body parts. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, man, like he sent me and he said, I can share this too. Like, I'll read from it or do whatever he said on that bit. I just read, do what you want with it. Um, I know it's very, very, uh, um, less affair with all of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm guessing, I mean, I don't even want to speculate what his life's like, but it's not like ours. So <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Mm-mm. But, um, hang on, let's find this then. So this is a chapter from the book that he is part two of Little Ants. It's not been published yet. And it's going to be called Lion and Tiger. So, uh, do you bear. Just... Wasn't it Lion, Tiger and Bear? I think. Um, Lion, Tiger and Bear, is it? Yeah, I think so. Just... Yeah, I think he said that on the podcast we listened to. Yeah. So this this bit here is, because again, it's like a Little Anton. It's based in a fictional story, but as I say... Do, do you know the reason for the title, Little Anton? It's about the founder of um, Porsche. Oh, um, okay. So Anton Porsche. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So little Anton's this character. It begins like, because you know, a lot of the, apparently this is the other thing. I mean, you got to look into it. Like Porsche had involvement in some ways. <laughs> oh, all right. That's, why the, that's why the cars are so damn fast. I'd always heard about being, well, if you think about where a lot of the, um, what, what's the innovative spirit of that kind of world and the sort of people that were moving through that time, especially when you're looking at the way that he writes about the fact that there's all these secret society members and really as well, if you start looking into the history of what he talks about and the, the, some of the people he's put me onto, you start heading down the fact that some of this tech was out, you know, like the whole um, airship stuff going on in the 1900s, the 18s, whatever's. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a guy who does a, um, a video. I think I sent it to you guys, but there's a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he's a Freemason. He did this talk and he does a real deep, real deep history on that. And it was like German aristocrats or somewhere mm. around there came to America, brought all this money over here and just started kind of like doing whatever they wanted to. And they had these airships that were basically yeah. lighter and, and, than like, yeah, an anti-gravity. But, and, and that's why, you know, this is what kind of I've been reading in this is that it leads to this thing called the Sonora Aero Club, um, which was kind of an organization that was set up, but like you say, by the by secret, some kind of secret society. 
to fund the research of this kind of stuff, anti-gravity tech, weird aero devices. In, I'm is that, guessing is that in his book? You'll find it in there. You'll find him referencing it in the emails he sent me right, in terms right. of people to look into. What was, it, what was it called again? Something Air Club. The Sonora Aero, Sonora. Aero Club. Sonora Aero Club. And it leads again to secret societies like that. Well, the idea of commissioned work by mysterious figures with this knowledge. Now, if you start thinking about everything that we talk about, usually um, the links to genius and hidden tech and hidden knowledge, like Tesla, for example, Mm -hmm. this comes into all of these stories. This stuff gets passed down through secret societies because that's the way to keep it secret. Look at that. There he is, my boy Tesla, old Tesla, with a pigeon in his head. <laughs> you know, you know what? I've I've just had text sat in front of me for the last twenty minutes. Uh, I haven't actually been on this, so that's, yeah, sorry. I've just been looking at reading off the book, haven't I? So I haven't actually looked at you guys' faces for the last twenty. Oh, minutes. That's all right, mate. You're, you're, <laughs> oh, you're the one. Yeah. Well, you're the one that's uh, you know taking us through this little journey. We're we're here yeah. to comment, and we're we're commentators, really, and and is, we're listening to sense? you. Like, no, but, well, yeah. as much as this can make sense, mate. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, my God. Right, right. You know, we this is new territory, I think, for all of us in terms of how we're talking about this. And you know, like for a few people, I'm sure they've already stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like, oh, reptilians, queen of you know queen family illuminati oh, like, I'm, I'm out of here Bloodlines. But, um, but but stick with us guys because we're trying to have yeah. a we're trying to have an intelligent conversation about this for real but the thing that gets me too and I, and I know we've all said this and i'm just gonna reiterate it, is this is a dude that doesn't need money he doesn't need profane yeah. he doesn't need yeah, any exactly. of this shit exactly. he's he's was a um he's connected to the very top of these the top top echelon of families on the planet who's done research who has the credentials to, to prove this stuff and just said, I'm going to tell everybody, this is just what's going to happen. And I'm going to do it in this book. I want to write this book. I want to write, I'm going to write it. Uh, and I wrote it. And he's basically fed up with the way things are going on the entire planet. And it's like, I'm just going to make this happen. And he's mm-hmm. doing it. And the big, the big thing about all of it is like John Luke said, he found him on some forum, uh, like that had two comments on that. Nobody yes. heard. It's the not like this up- guy's on Gaia TV or something right. like that. You know, and he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. And he's just telling it like it is. And he wants to get it out. And then, it, that's the thing that where, you know, you, you, it's not like he's pushing some weird agenda and, you know, and, but like we said earlier too, we can't completely just go, all of this is, is set in stone fact. We, we don't know any no, of that for no, sure. No. No, we're just speculating on all this stuff. But like, if we said in the earlier recording and, and amongst ourselves is that this, these things that he talks about touch on topics that I myself personally have, have gone down rabbit holes and researched and we all have as well and different yeah, aspects absolutely. of all of this. It's not just like onesie twosies. It's like, all of this stuff. And there's only a few things that he touches on where I was like, Oh man, you know what I yeah, mean? Like you, I didn't expect that. I mean, and it does make sense though, because of all the other research I've personally done and his research. So to me, it's, it's like, why it's, would he make it up? It's easy to believe things when they're actually nice to believe in, but when it challenges things or it's upsetting or it's discomforting, yeah. your brain actually yeah. wants to go, Oh, well that's just a silly conspiracy theory. But uh, you know, some of this more unsettling stuff could potentially be real. And we're just trying to figure that out. Well, you know, this whole thing where they say, you know, certain people have said they walk among us. Is this what it means? Yeah. Just you know the, what I mean? The bloodline is that. Like there's certain people who have a certain higher level perhaps of intuition or psychability linked to bloodlines. So if you've got a family of 13 and then the offshoots of that, is that what they're talking about? 
And this starts to get a bit, feels fascist, doesn't it? But it is fascist. And this well, is that's how it leads part. into fascism, isn't it? That's how it leads exactly into that. Well, this is this is exactly what John is saying in his writing that you know, if you look at the history of this stuff, it all kind of suddenly started in Sumeria, like the arrival of, in his belief, these gods, the, the Anunnaki, who then breed with humans and then bloodline follows down and the, the purest of those bloodlines, again, which is another thing about a lot of the European royal families, I can only speak for them because I only read about them really, there's a lot of interbreeding and mm-hmm. a lot of that is bloodline stuff. So certain families have married certain other families and the concept is that there's, you're keeping this royal blood, this blue blood. But if that essentially rolls down to the fact that this blood that they're keeping so, trying to keep as pure as possible is actually alien. Yeah, mm-hmm. some form of non-human genetics yeah. going on here. Which different. makes no real difference anyway to this conspir- to this story because we all are too. We were, we're apparently genetic well, experiments made uh, in some yeah, space. Yeah, I would yeah. remind I would remind people that quite a few of us in the community do hold to the idea that there's been genetic modification to Homo sapiens anyway. Like, you know, regardless of family bloodlines and stuff, like a lot of us do believe that there has been some genetic manipulation in the early story of humans. And so if that's true, then perhaps there are some that have maintained a stronger, you know, genetic coding of whatever the hell might have made us. Absolutely. Um, and, you know... This well, just, just to stop for a second, there's, so yeah. that is a big deal too. The, the the bloodlines, and from all my research, there was 13 families that interbred, right? And from my research, not only for the bloodline, but that makes a lot of sense too, but was for money and consolidation of power. So yeah. the Mellon family is going to, you have, uh, if you're from the Mellon family, you have 12 other families you could pick from. Good well, luck. They, 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 and vice versa, right? It's like, he goes, I think what it is with them is that like, the way that, it goes into. I don't want to speak out of turn, but the way I took it was that the, the committee of three hundred have always been like the, fam, the the families around the advanced, the more pure alien bloodline, yeah, or Sumerian bloodline, the Anunnaki. Then this committee are the, like the sort of families that have enabled it over thousands of years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they might not be any different in terms of what they are to us, but their bosses are you know what i'm saying right right and anyway, again, I, you know he, he led this back to the windsors right absolutely let me read hang on, i'm going to read you a bit this is from the unpublished second book all right so this isn't anywhere to be found at the minute um so but i'll read you a little snippet okay and this this part of the book is winston churchill in in the oval office in washington dc speaking to Ro- franklin roosevelt all right, and a couple of um, generals, I think. Right. Okay, so Marshall rummaged through his stuffed accordion briefcase. The file, sir, latest NDRC and Rad Lab reports and projects. MIT professors Vannevar Bush, John Trump, Varian brothers Russell and Sigurd. Tesla's a help, but he's getting on in years. Frail. These are our top scientists, Prime Minister. All have the highest clearance in the land. So Vannevar Bush, it's the Bush family. John Trump, Trumps. Varian Brothers, Russell and Sigrid, Tesla. There's some big names right there in that one paragraph. And, and you know, wasn't Vanderbilt Bush one of the people meant to be a Majestic member? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, um, uh, in pain, Roosevelt leaned back, straightening, straightening his cramped and braced legs. Enlighten our dreary morning, General. Cheer us up. Marshall continued. Klystron tube microwave radar research has yielded the following. 
long-range navigation radar or LORAN for ships, ground approach radar for planes, gun laying units for the Navy, friend or foe beacons, and early warning systems are all moving along well. A defensive fire control radar is being te- tested on B-24 Liberator bombers, um, jet-assisted takeoff, JTO rockets from JPL Labs are proving useful for heavy load aircraft. Chemist Jack Parsons and his team are moving fast on more powerful versions. Roosevelt casually rotated his arm and finger to Marshall. Isn't he the one? Yes, sir. I have the FBI watching him at a distance. He's an amateur <laughs> a local lodge, but has engaged in written communication with the notorious Alistair Crowley. Churchill snapped. I know about him intimately. High-level auto templi orientis. Um, useful sometimes. MI6 keep tabs on their back pocket boy, but he's not to be fully trusted. Wow. wow. Okay, okay. Calling okay. it right out, man. Just calling it right out. Old, ain't it now, smiled Roosevelt. Strange bedfellows we need indeed. Hired occult assassins, psychics, and seers on the secret payroll. Expensive and untrustworthy privateers and brigands. Russian psychic armies. Marshall cleared his throat and continued. Um, I'm just going to skip forward to a bit, which is gold, yeah? Because this, this bit is essentially like modern disclosure. Like, um, hang on, where is it? Now, this obviously apparently is, is a, is a fictionalised account of what happened in an office in the 50s between President Roosevelt and uh, Prime Minister Winston Churchill. So, um, hang on. But is it? <laughs> you well, well that, that is no, that is the point, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's 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 like again the secret machines books where you have to almost figure out what was woven into it through fact or fiction. But um, you could imagine that if he's giving quite specific answers within this fictionalized meeting, then the specific mm-hmm. answers are more likely to be based on what he believes to be fact. That's just how I would see it personally. Well, what he does go into here is that they start talking about. Um, the ancient world like so uh, Churchill removed his damp cigar they've, they've established that they're all Rosicrucians by this point and that they're able to share these this level of secret with one another yeah whoops uh, so <laughs> <laughs> secrets out boys <laughs> yeah um, the poly uh, right Churchill removed his damp cigar I never conjured any doubts sir speaking of forts how old is Fort Washington south of here I visited there once uh, the polygonal foundations and earthworks are approximately 26,000 years old or one great year if you will said Marshall this city was fairly big and important even back in the day Prime Minister Fort Alexander is even a few years older but Fort McHenry in Baltimore is the oldest at 33,500 or so oh my god foundations at least the president said I've no doubt on those estimates whatsoever since I know the men that dated them four of the smartest we have and they've said to me the Russians are cleansing what people and history is left of old Tartaria their fine buildings, gold dome mosques and forts as well. In a few years' time, all we'll have left of here are the old maps and a few scattered stones. Pitiful, really sad. Tartaria. Uh, so this is the sort of number one he's lost sort of. I've never heard, races. never heard of Tartaria. Isn't it well, when you start looking at Tartaria, they, they, they were working, the, the myths, the legends say that they were working on, or they, they had free energy based on vibrational um buildings now <laughs> this leads oh. to my granddad's work yeah yeah it, yeah it does doesn't it uh which for another day but another yeah, day yeah interesting. I, I, i'm I'm interested in the fact that they said twenty six thousand years or one great year uh, yeah. that's where the whole sun cycle comes into play where every twenty six thousand years or so there's a micronova and wipes out most of the life on the planet 
there's a bit in here I'm desperately trying to find it because it's that bit I told you about with the uh, time traveling aliens. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. you know those old time traveling aliens. Yeah, yeah, there we just, go. Just... Check this bit out. Jesus, man. Um, all right, Roosevelt pointed to King in the Pacific Theater down Coral Seaway. The Navy informs me they've seen them. Them they're talking about Foo Fighters, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, informs me they've seen them on two on occasion near New Guinea during engagements with the Japanese, as if they were observing both sides. No interference was reported, but of course one popped out of the ocean one night <laughs> and scared the living shit out of a destroyer's crew. All the men had a chuckle, a mild chuckle. Yes, it did, sir, said the admiral, admiral who found the least humour in it. Next time we'll shoot the little green bastards down if the order's given. Cold silence. Having been assistant secretary of the Navy in his younger years and having absorbed much wisdom through hard political and personal experience, the president frowned at the admiral's arrogance. He tilted his head to the side and took a long drag, allowing smoke to slowly rise from his wrist and mouth, partially veiling his face. Through his pincenez, I don't know what that is, <laughs> he locked eyes with King and drilled a look into him that could punch a hole through steel. In a serene voice, he said, they're not green. They're grey. <laughs> I mean, he's written it like that too. Wow. Very short or very tall. No empathy to speak of, rather large eyes. Time travellers and associates of the most elite Nazis, but that stays in this room. Other more benevolent races abound. Ours is not the only war going on, and the shoot-down order is not given. Tell your admirals that these celestial devices, as I call them, unless they fire upon you first, no action is to be taken. Make sure Halsey and Nimitz are both keenly aware. Do I make myself absolutely goddamn clear? Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. So, Gray's coming out of the, the ocean. The guy's and, name's Nimitz, which is what the boats were named after. Yep, with the yep, that's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, celestial devices. I thought that that was quite an interesting uh, way of uh, categorizing these things. Yeah. Jesus. Man, and the stuff, I mean... Jean-Luc, I know you shared with us, and, and I fell into it last night and just read a lot, a lot, a lot of it. And and I'm not sure if it's his, I think it's his notes, because on there, it's just like my notes from this date to this date at the top, I think is, is if I'm referencing it right. But it just goes through and it has like project names, like Project um, Looking Glass, Project Sign, Project Grudge. This got replaced by this, by this year. This is the guy who was running it. This is what happened. Oh, here's, a, doc- or here's a document. <laughs> and then here's like- and private companies that are, are engaged or have been engaged in the very recent um, history of digging out underground tunnels and secret bases. He's put the company names in there. Mm-hmm. What in the in the in in the book? In his, notes. In, in, the, in, in his notes. In his in notes. His notes. Oh my god! Yeah. Here, here's the wow. companies. Here's the companies. You just brush your eyebrows off your face, dude. It was right. Oh my god! Well, okay. <laughs> Sorry to everyone watching who's yeah, seeing my eyebrows just fly off my face occasionally. I love it. It's what, it's, your eyebrows are wilder than any of this. I know. <laughs> I'm, there's going to be there's going to yeah. be like a theory that I'm a hologram or something. Yeah, Jay's you are eyebrow. Project Bluebeam. Jay is. I, I, I am Bluebeam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to laugh. That's you sure. got to laugh. You got to laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole thing with this man. It's like it's so fucking heavy, but we, you yeah. got to have fun with it. You got to make you know like yeah, you got to because yeah. like let's face it, right? Like you know, point two in that note, which I'll pull up again actually. Um, hang on. Uh, but you know, point two is essentially forget religion. All right, that's the biggest thing. Forget religion. How's that going to go down? Now, if that is, the, if disclosure is this, I'm starting to think it might be. 
this is the problem people can't you know yeah well yeah, we've but, got uh, a lot of religions <laughs> so well, we've talked about we talked about that in one of our other chats where it's like i think it was with you know the last one we did the last dream team chat was like if it all came down there's still people that will just hold on to the religion no matter what if if every i mean to the very last grasp yeah. of whatever it is and yeah. but that's historically that's how it's happened through history i mean look at every religion people just hold on to it with without a whatever shred of life they have to do that just because they do but do i'm not that, uh, i think that maybe because you know like how do you this sort of makes me paranoid in a way because it leads into the idea of because i'm not religious not in that way all right this challenges me more history celestial wonders <laughs> which is a religion but like um it's not it's so loose i've got no idea what i am but this is something that has been this is another control mechanism that's being protected and if that's taken away mm. that'll leave a big void that people will just jump into and then they'll start worshiping the aliens or whatever they are right that's another exactly. we talked about that. they're just the going to worship something else you know this is the problem all right now again this probably shouldn't stay in but you can decide, you cut that bit with I'm saying this. But anyway, there is, the, of course, the element that um, when the OSS was founded in the 40s, uh, in World War II, sorry, um, the people that were involved in that went on to be quite heavily involved in the birth of MKUltra. All right? MKUltra is a science or a technique that had been started development as part of the Nazi, um, well, tools. You know, psychological tools trying to brainwash people take control and obviously that's valuable stuff and people like from anecdotally like people like Carl Jung and Alan Dulles and Paul Mellon you know that stuff was really interesting if you look on uh, in history books and on you know on the internet you'll find that Paul Mellon was part of a uh, part of the OSS that was interested in that uh, negative propaganda or propaganda um brainwashing i suppose mind control through radio broadcasting do you know what i'm saying the start yeah. of that yeah um the so the chains come off there as well so you start looking at it and going there's a hell of a lot to this if you want to take it down like where all this started it's here right here with these these people this guy's relatives bringing in the nazis as part of project paperclip um then it goes from there really you know, and it's like a, it's like a perfect storm. You've got all that shit going on, and at the same time, in America, you've got the main big hopes of the rocket trade practicing the same dark arts that the Vril and Tool essentially are practicing too. You know, so you kind of look at it and go, if this is all true, the occult elements were n- knew no bounds. You know, it's like it's, I don't know, even though I'm trying to go with this. Well, but- that's this you know similar thing that I put towards Lou Elizondo. Um, you know, asking about the fact that pra- practicing members of the of the occult were founders of the rocket program, both on the American side and through the Nazi Germany side via paperclip. And you know, I well, I put it to him: Is it fair to say that NASA has built entirely, um, it was sort of partly or entirely uh, from uh, practicing occult members, of both Nazi and American? And uh, you know, he was he basically. I, I, I feel like perhaps he kind of skirted around it because he probably can't talk too succinctly about these types of things. But he did say that, you know, it's no surprise to him. He said, you know, if I was to answer about 
whether or not the uh, whether or not NASA has been built on the occult, I would say, well, yeah, of course. Look at everything else in the military. Look at our insignias. Look at every patch that exists in every kind of intelligence community. They're all strange, you know, occultic or uh, secret society style symbology going on, you know. And then he said, look at the architecture of Washington D.C. I mean, you know, he, he did prep. Uh, premise this with the fact that he doesn't you know view freemasonry as a cult but he said you know that thanks the, the, ar- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh the architecture <laughs> of washington dc is built by the freemasons and it's specific it's you know it's got geography to it it's got mathematics to it it's got symbology to it and so he said essentially you know everything is really kind of built on the on secret societies and symbology when it comes to the power structures, especially within America. And it's, you know, it's kind of defense apparatus, intelligence apparatus. These things um, do borrow symbology from secret societies and, and, and occult symbology. So it's there, it's in front of everyone's face, really. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, honestly, like what's really awesome is the fact that, you know, a lot of the research that I've done over the last few years, and my, well, to be honest, like my life, but the last few years in, in depth, really getting into it, and the way that you guys do as well. When you know, when you suddenly, and, and it hasn't this this has again, I want to emphasize, I found this as opposed to it be brought to me. Mm-hmm. The documentation's older than my Twitter account, <laughs> <laughs> right? But honestly, so well, I think it is anyway, but like, um. So what I'm saying is the fact that the work chimes so heavily with the research that I've been doing, and again, that you guys, are, you'll have seen the work that I've been doing, and John, the, the stuff you've been coming and helping me with, and Jay saying, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it all leads down. The only bit it doesn't lead to is the bit that my brain wouldn't allow it to go to, which is an anarchy. Mm. <laughs> I, well, can from a, with, yeah. I can deal with like Stargates. I can deal with that stuff, you know? But I don't, know, I don't know why I can deal with that, but not the Anunnaki. But well, you know, a human slave race isn't easy to deal with. That's not no. an easy thing to understand. If we, I mean, you know, if if we are to believe the story of the Anunnaki and that they essentially came from another place, created us in some format to be their slaves and to collect, you know, to be laborers, um, that's not very comforting. But the other that's side, of, but the other side of it's. It is not that that sounds stupid, but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, like the lady, you know, Bledsoe's mm-hmm. like everybody's seen the lady. So there's the divine feminine aspect of all this. And, and then none of the, none of the things I've ever researched denies that, you know, I think well, that's, that somehow the Anunnaki has been able to put their thumb on it for so long and held us back that that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of us gaining that knowledge well, or that power back. If the Anunnaki is, basically what you talk about in terms of ancient Sumerian scrolls and the stuff that's been found from that region of the world. Um, what you're looking at is like, you know, such a huge pantheon of gods, like loads of them, uh, all of them basically historically them becoming other gods throughout time or goddesses. So if these are apart from obviously whoever created us, because again, John says billions of years ago, we were put there as this zoo essentially the garden of eden really by by all accounts Jeez, yeah you um, think, oh my god you think about that a little slightly differently now don't you and then you get to the 2000 or whatever it was 2000 uh, 3000 years before christ and um the idea that these beings suddenly arrived possibly through some sort of portal not well, possibly it sounds like that's what happened that's what they 
theorizing or John's theorizing, um, arrive, take over, enslave everyone. Which kind of treat, but apparently as well from what I've read, it's like they enslaved people to do their bidding, um, but then separated them by race. And at the time, from the, the basic root races that have been created on this planet, they took different elements of it and then separated them and made made division racism. So it was like we'll have certain tasks, the cleaner tasks done by the white slaves, and we'll have the more gruesome ones done by the black slaves. And before that, the divide had never been there. Well, so it was know, almost like but like that was a, a purpose. Scene, it was on purpose. Of evil, like a division. Yeah. So it's control. So then what they then do is bicker amongst one another. It comes a race thing. So it's like, how come the white, the, uh, the white slaves get to hang out in the temple and all they do is bathe the anarchy and blah, blah, blah. And we have to go and work land and we have to break rocks. And we have to, do you know what I mean? Well, this is from, you know, from a theological perspective, this is angels versus demons, right? This is the kind of like, that's the age old thing that it's considered as. And, uh, I have to admit, you know, just kind of sitting here and listening to the uh, idea of the planet Earth being uh, a zoo, essentially, but like a Garden of Eden where, uh, a, you know, a species species from all over the universe were put onto a single planet. And then you have the story of our own theological story um, about the Garden of Eden and how a reptilian snake, you know, a reptile tricked us into something else. And, you know, from that point, and also interestingly enough, it removes the matriarchal into the patriarchal because it's the downfall of man is Eve eating the fruit, the forbidden fruit. And that almost, you know, could be seen as the initial step towards a patriarchy being created other than instead of a matriarchy is that you've got this, uh, you know, this reptilian uh, usurper that comes in and essentially fools the, the female into eating this fruit. And, you know, that's our theological story about this. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the Bible is, in my opinion, um, kind of metaphorical and, and, and symbolic. And, you know, you, you, you read something like that and you hear a story that kind of meshes up with it. And it's kind of weird. It's weird to have this Bible story that you've grown up with, especially if you've come from a Christian household with the idea of Eve and, and, and Adam in the garden and the reptile and then hearing a similar story about how, you know, there was a Garden of Eden, the earth was this this place that had been created for a specific reason to house all these things, and then something comes in and disrupts all of that and changes it. And so it's just weird to hear it from different perspectives, and, and, and they mesh together, you know? Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Well, it's just, I don't know, like... I almost don't even know where to start with it because there is reams of it, like reams of stuff that uh, John's given to us. Um, and it needs to be disseminated properly. And obviously, like, you know, I want to talk to him again about all this and hopefully get him to come talk to us. Um, I don't know. I mean, really, where does this lead? Where does it lead us? What do we do with this? Well, that's a great, that's a great point. I mean, obviously he didn't like take out full page advertisements in the New York times and dump this, or he didn't promote his book to the point where he wanted to get everybody in the world riled up to read it or all this stuff. And like, maybe I'm just being an asshole here, but maybe that, I mean, you know, what, what do we do? I mean, and then what I'd like to understand his game plan for book two. And then what does he want? Does he want everybody to wake up? And then if, if that's so, what do we do? Want to shake the chains and, and, and do what? Um, well, he's pretty much written that. Um, hang on, let's, let's have a little look, right? There's a, there's a document he sent over called 
to the stars academy dot pdf all right <laughs> i'll read you this you ready yeah all right to the stars academy of what <laughs> is what it's called back in december of 2017 singer tom delong gathered together a high-level team of intel, military, and science professionals into a public initiative on limited disclosure, or something close to it, to the STARS Academy of Arts and Sciences. For 10 whole minutes, the entire disclosure, disclosure movement became giddy with excitement when the covers of world newspapers came alive with the news. But at the 11th minute, quickly reconsidered, this TTSA initiative is significant only because it's the first instance of official Pentagon confirmation of um, possible exotic technologies that could change the world. But hold on here, they are also raising public funds for their project, money that the American people have paid 10 times over for back-engineered UFO technology that the deep state has been using for 70 years. Brain engineering, consciousness tech, engineering the space-time metric, Advanced electromagnetic propulsion, entertainment. What's going on here? A bridge from the DOD to the public. Why didn't they call me? <laughs> My dear millionaire cousin and friend, Chris Mellon, is one of the leaders. So I know he and rich boy Tom DeLong don't need cash, but maybe the others do. Oh, well, I'll send along a dollar. And where's idiot billionaire Elon Musk on this? Too busy making nuclear batteries for Black Triangle craft. What? Oh, okay. That's a bit of a drop right there. Nuclear-powered yeah. batteries for black triangle craft? Are you kidding Among me? <laughs> the prominent what? members are aerospace engineer Steve Justice, Dr. Hal Putter, and CIA professor Jim Semivan, a man who claimed to have been abducted by fun and friendly aliens with his wife. These folks are all above top-secret veterans of the National Security State, CIA, and its various corporate contractors. So they are all real deal spooks and high level deep state geeks. I congratulate them for sticking their necks out. And I really hope they succeed in getting the entire word out someday. So he supports them, you know, like, it's good to know, eh? Yeah, I'm actually pretty glad he's not throwing shade on them right now because no. then it would just make me be like, I don't know what to believe anymore. What he, what, what they, oh, I'll keep going. Right? Um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. However, this program smacks of low-level tidbit disclosure coupled with a slow drip acclimation of the American people to the UFO ET reality. I know they're on a short Pentagon CIA leash, a.k.a. the limited hangout, but it's a weak tea and ginger snap initiative designed to get young folks thinking about our place in the universe. But in my opinion, it's possibly demeaning, distracting and dangerous. High level military intel and corporate people want to slowly fade into the sunset with their pensions intact, free from prosecution and public trials. The shock of full disclosure will be a mean, nasty one, but trying to, to slow roll, sorry, but trying to slow roll the most important issue in human history could be considered criminal. While the galactic black market keeps up steam, bad actor ET groups keep mucking around with our reality, and the Illuminati cabal keeps enslaving and starving humanity at the behest of those bad actors. And let's keep going. Well, yeah, but a, a weak tea and ginger snap initiative is a fantastic term. Just <laughs> yeah, he's That's a good brilliant. writer, isn't he? I'm going to be, I, I, be I borrowing him. that. He's... Um, I don't know, man. Like, he's funny, isn't he? He's good. Right. Oh, On December the 16th, 2017... The world's major newspapers and TV news networks announced for the first time in history an official Pentagon confirmation report on UFOs. This report included US Navy gun camera footage of two unidentified craft in action. Were they ET, ours, or some other nation's vehicles? No one knows for sure, 
I think they were ours, but that's irrelevant. The scare-free story certainly woke the mainstream media up with a loud fire alarm. A dead topic has now come alive. Chris Mellon and his colleague, the former head of the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, Luis Elizondo, CIA counterintelligence expert, were featured in the report, and both men became world famous overnight. Again, I commend them. Grey hats, maybe? Question mark is put. Excuse me. Um, I commend them for sticking their necks out amidst high-level international internal pushback, and I offer my congratulations to the US Navy and the DOD. This is an important baby step in disclosure, but once again, one that is tied to the Pentagon's and the IC's idea of safe, slow-roll, 30- to 50-year disclosure in order to acclimatise the American public, the overt military, and Congress to the idea that, gosh, we may not be alone on Earth after all. Well now, how exciting. But just like the TTSA initiative, this tidbit exposure of lukewarm intel is highly significant, but not bedrock shattering by any means. Two weeks earlier, Reuters uh, reported that the US Army had lost many trillions of dollars in their budget. And as you can guess, this cash went down multitudinous black drains to water unknown USAPs in progress. See Catherine Austin Fitz, the Solari report. This ongoing embarrassing press campaign is another goofy psyops play, in my opinion, a dead end street to lure in, in unsuspecting citizens down in order to confuse them with safe and boring intelligence. They now have a TTSA sponsored series on the History Channel, Unidentified, but the Pentagon, MJ12, and the IC Black Hats do not want genuine disclosure hitting the ground running ever. They want to control the narrative, the pace, depth, and intensity of disclosure. They hate the truth. They will hate this memo. Oh, man. Mm. They want to don't, control. Don't hate us, please. We don't need that. They want to control everything and everyone. That selfish, myopic, childish philosophy will fail. No, I'm sorry, guys, but I got to pick the baby up. Is this going to be a three-part? Oh, fuck, man. It should be. It kind of feel, it feels like it needs to be. Yeah. 